the WIA News Hub in Brisbane and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed via VK1 WIA. Hey, hello there. Welcome along to another edition of WIA, the National News Service. I'm Graham VK4 Double B. Many a centenary of amateur radio has been held since way back in, what, 2010, when the world's oldest amateur radio society, our very own WIA, celebrated 100 years. However, radio in Australia actually did go back a little before then, and another centenary is about to be celebrated in Queensland. Here's Jeff Emery, Victor Kilo for Zulu Popper Popper. Having celebrated the centenary of amateur radio in Queensland, I was surprised to learn that the first ship-to-shore wireless message occurred on the 9th of April. 1903. The receiving station was at Kangaroo Point, Brisbane, and the message was sent from HMQS Gayunda off Morton Island. As reported in the press, the Governor and the Anglican Archbishop of Brisbane will dedicate a memorial plaque on the grounds of St Mary's Church at 10.15am, 110 years later, as part of the ongoing development of a permanent memorial on the site. This is recorded as the first naval wireless communication in Australia, and it's not surprising that the RAN became the regulator for wireless experimentation prior to its being ceded to the Postmaster General's Department after World War I. The PMG is the great-grandparent to the existing regulator, the ACMA. Remembering part of Queensland's radio history, I'm Jeff Emery. Thanks, Jeff, and for the VK4 listeners to Q News after this edition, we'll have further on this centenary. From Queensland, it's down to South Australia. Here is VK5 PAS. Worldwide Flora and Fauna in Amateur Radio, abbreviated as WWFF, is an international amateur radio program which encourages portable operation from designated nature parks and protected nature areas around the world. The aim of WWFF is to draw attention to the importance of protecting nature, flora and fauna, whilst at the same time providing a fun activity for amateurs. The flora and fauna movement within ham radio was initiated in 2008 by the Russian Robinson Club as World Flora and Fauna, WFF. In 2012, the program relaunched as Worldwide Flora and Fauna in Amateur Radio, WWFF and has undergone a major revamp. Numerous countries around the world have participating national programs offering a significant number of very attractive awards. The Australian WWFF national program was launched in March 2013. Hundreds of national parks in the various Australian states and territories are listed on the Australian list. A series of attractive awards are available for activators working portable from a specified number of Australian parks and the award is also open to hunters who work activators and also shortwave listeners. Paul VK5PAS is the Australian coordinator and is looking for amateurs prepared to act as representatives from each of the Australian states. More information can be found on the WWFF global website at www.wwff.co or on the Australian Worldwide Flora and Fauna website at www.wffaustralia.weebly.com 
Across Australia from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News. In Mildura, it can be heard on VK3RMA 146.800 every Sunday at 9.30am. Have you prepared for the last weekend in May, the 2013 WIA AGM and Conference? Meeting and speaking with fellow amateurs is a rejuvenating experience that cements friendships and opens the door to interactions beyond a QSO or QSL card. With tours of club facilities and tourist attractions throughout Fremantle, you'll have the opportunity to share your wonder with other visitors to the state and enjoy the hospitality that VK6 has to offer. The 2013 WIA AGM and Conference. It's all about engaging, learning, appreciating, socialising and discovering. You'll find all the information online at the VK6 conference site, conference.vk6.net. This is VK1 WIA. All points of contact from today's news stories are to be found in print when you read the web editions, www.wia.org.au. VK1 WIA, all local news. We go around VK in 80 seconds. And a whip around it is around VK. VI-100ACT, not your average call sign. As mentioned in previous news bulletins, 2013 is Canberra's centenary year to commemorate the event the Canberra Region Amateur Radio Club is sponsoring VI-100ACT until the end of December. The VI-100ACT call sign is being rostered out to amateurs around the ACT area, already being worked on a variety of bands and modes, including the first use of the call sign, a SOTA activation by VK1DA. Victor Kilo 1 Tango X-Ray has been busy logging up an impressive 600-plus contacts, including activating the call sign for the ANZA DXnet. VK1DSH and VK1SV have been using the call sign on the LF bands, while VK1WJ has been running VI100ACT on the digital modes. Look out for VI100ACT, Canberra Calling. In VK3, another Foundation Licence Weekend of Quality Training and Assessment will be held April 2021 at 40G Victory Boulevard, Ashburton. For full details, please contact without delay Education Team Leader Barry Robertson, Victor Kilo 3, Popper Victor, 0428 516001 In VK4, VK4WIT active from JCAR Townsville. The Townsville Amateur Radio Club will be operating VK4WIT on HF, VHF and UHF all modes from a portable operation located at JCAR Townsville from 0830 local Sunday the 14th of April just outside the front entry. It's expected to be a multi-mode operation, and if you're in Townsville that weekend, pop on down to their field day display. In VK7, Tony VK7AX has been thanking the participants of the Tasmanian Sewing Circle Net for making a very special award available. It's the Outstanding Service Award presented to Tony VK7AX. Winston VK7EM handed the award to Tony. And he's certainly already found a place for it on the shack wall where it hangs with pride and rightly so. Now, from seven back down to four. And particularly for those that will be listening to Q News, we will have much further on this item. And for the rest of Australia, it's a very, very good idea. The Brisbane VHF Group have been putting this on for a number of years. It's a microwave test day. The venue for this year's microwave test and tune-up day is the Redcliffe and Districts Radio Club 
Klinger Road, Kippering. On offer, we'll have test equipment such as spectrum analyzers, weak signal sources, noise meters, return loss measurement, and a 10 gig weak signal source in the park to help pick up your feeds and dishes. From the WIA News Hub in Sydney and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed via VK1 WIA. Hello, I'm Jason, VK2LAW, and this week I'm reporting on media and also from the Q News workbench. Raspberry Pi as WSPR transmitter up to 250 megahertz. Guido Paparecco 1 November November Zulu has released code that he says enables the Raspberry Pi to operate as a WSPR transmitter at HF and VHF. Guido has modified the WSPRRY Pi code Originally developed by Dan Ankers, Mike Delta 1, Charlie Lima, Victor, he says the Raspberry Pi requires just a low-pass filter and antenna connected to the GPIO 4 pin in order to function as a WSPR transmitter. The PE1NNZ code and binary is available at wia.org.au when you read the text edition of the National News Service. Media Watch and Manga Rodeo Ham Story reported in the Japan Times. Japan Times reports on radio amateur and manga artist Mitsuru Sagaya, Juliet India 1 Mike Fox Tango, who is best known for his kids manga Game Center Arashi, which began in 1978 and was about a video game loving boy named Arashi who fought it out with rivals on popular arcade games of the time such as Space Invaders. Sugaya also created many other mangas about technology, computers, amateur radio, radio-controlled cars, pre-internet online service and so on. And it said his manga affected a lot of kids who grew up to be engineers. Read Japan expresses its love for Apple and Steve Jobs in manga. On the Japan Times website, URL again in wia.org.au. Ham Radio Menace now available for those who dare is the latest humorous ham radio music video from Paul NA4ZI. It's the sad and funny tale of a ham radio lid who annoys all he meets on the air and he gets his due. Google NA4ZI ham radio menace. Now we do have some international news from our sister program so let's head off stateside to Amateur Radio Newsline. Some good news for a ham radio operator in Nelson, New Zealand, who was being hounded by a neighbor to take down his antenna. This because, she said, it interfered with her view of the surrounding landscape. The town council says that the antenna can stay. Amateur Radio Newsline's Jim Meachin, ZL2BHF, has this follow-up report. According to information supplied by Andrew Mackey, ZL2HZ, the Nelson City Council has no intention to proceed with the complaint filed against a ham radio antenna installation owned by Rick Kiesig, ZL2HAM. As reported last week, the complainant, Dallas Woods, had appeared before the City Council alleging that Kiesig's tower and antenna interfered with her landscape overlay view. Among other things, she asked council members to change the rules so that amateur radio antennas are no longer a permitted activity in residential zones. 
but in a phone call from Rachel Reese on behalf of the entire Nelson City Council. Mackey was told that the council does not intend to proceed with the complaint from Woods at this time, nor is it proposing to make any intermediate changes to the district land use regulations that permit antenna systems such as that of ZL2HAM. Rather, at some time in the future, and only if land use regulations come up for review, it might possibly take another look at amateur antennas, but limited to geographic areas where the view is perceived to be important. According to Mackey, this is a major step towards maintaining the good relations between the Nelson City Council and the area's amateur radio community. It also ensures that continued cooperation in areas of civil defence and other activities will not be adversely affected. For the Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Jim Meachins at L2BHF in Nelson, New Zealand. Those stories from the Amateur Radio Newsline. You're tuned to the WIA National News Service across Australia. I'm Bill Pasternak, WA6ITF. Believe it or not, this story from our weird and wonderful file. You may recall way back in 2007, Google announced sponsorship of their Lunar X Prize to Great Space Race for the New Generation. The X Prize Foundation and Google Incorporated. There's been a robotic race to the moon to win a remarkable $30 million prize purse. Private companies from around the world competing to land a privately funded robotic rover on the moon capable of completing several mission objectives, including roaming on the lunar surface for at least 500 metres and sending video, images and other data back to Earth. Well, roll on some six years and the race was still on. Then, 2011, the XPRIZE Foundation announced the official roster of 33 registered teams competing for the $30 million Google Lunar XPRIZE, an unprecedented competition to send a robot to the moon. This group of 29 teams signifies a new area of explorations diverse and participatory nature as it includes a huge variety of groups ranging from non-profits to university consortia to billion dollar businesses representing 17 nations on four continents. The global competition, the largest in history, was announced in September 2007 with a winner projected by 2015. Now roll on another year and the race is still on with the first team to claim a $20 million grand prize while the second team will earn a $5 million prize. Teams are also eligible to win a $1 million award for stimulating diversity in the field of space exploration and as much as $4 million in bonus prizes for accomplishing additional technical tasks such as moving 10 times as far, surviving the frigid lunar night or visiting the site of a previous lunar mission. The teams left in the race now has dropped to 23 but all 23 are confident of pulling off the greatest competition in history. Across Australia from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In South Australia's Riverland, listen for the broadcast every Sunday evening at 8pm local time on repeater VK5RLD 147.925. I'm Andy, VK5 Lima Alpha. News, talk and radio sport, here with VK1WIA. Good morning. This is Dennis Johnston, contest coordinator for the John Moyle Memorial Field Day. Whilst logs are continuing to be received, it is becoming apparent that there is some confusion on a number of points. Firstly, the John Moyle Field Day contest is open to all licensed VK, ZL and P29 amateurs who can submit a log as an entry to the contest. There is no requirement that a person who submits a log has to be a member of the WIA. Whilst it is a good idea, it is certainly not compulsory. How this piece of false information has appeared is not important, 
Just remember that it is wrong and all eligible licensed amateurs are welcome to submit a log. Secondly, another piece of disinformation has been aired that all contacts for the John Moyle contest has to be only with VK, ZL or P29 stations. The real situation is that all contacts with any station anywhere in the world scores points for a portable station or a home station. CW stations are, are also scored according to the rules. So with these matters explained, that is another excuse removed for not submitting a log to the contest. There were many more stations operating during the contest than have yet submitted an entry to the contest. Further, the number of logs that have been submitted so far this year is well below the numbers submitted at the comparable time last year. So now it's over to you. Gather all the details you require. Do not delete any DX contacts you have made. Prepare your log and submit it to me as soon as possible. Please do not forget that you must submit your log by snail mail dated no later than the 19th of April or by electronic mail it must be received before midnight also on the 19th of April. To verify details of how and where to send your logs consult the John Moyle contest page on the contest tab on the WIA website. Also if you wish to confirm that your log has been entered into the system you can see if your call sign is on the John Moyle contest page. Full details of course are included in the text edition of this news. Contest results will be published on the WIA website as soon as they have been completed and will be published in AR the following month. So that's all for now. Speak to you later. Thanks, Dennis. Now we have no word on any other WIA contest looming, so the next of importance on the world scene is the Holy Land contest April 19 and 20. And not so much contest, but activities we find the Day of the YLs will be held 18 and 19 May. Worldwide International Museums Weekend, June 15 and 16 and 22-23. We continue with special event stations DX and Beacon and NetAdvice. And from Ingham, I'm Felix VK, 4FUQ. P29NO, NAO, stroke JO2VQP, East Sepik Province, Papua New Guinea, on air during 2013-2014 to January 2015, whilst a volunteer teacher at Divine Word University, WEWAC. VI100 ACT, Centenary of Canberra, Capital of Australia. Canberra Region Amateur Radio Club members are activating this special event call until the 31st of December, LF through to VHF using multiple modes. The expedition to the Isle of Mull, EU008. Steve Thomas, M1 ACB and other members CAM HAM group will be operating GS3 PYE stroke P. From the Isle of Mull, 10 to 16 May, from 2 metres to 160 metres, as well as a station on 472 kilohertz. IMD, International Marconi Day, 20 April. Celebrate the birth of Guglielmo Marconi, 25th of April, 1874. Special worldwide event organised by the Cornish Radio Amateur Club. PA00KING is the special call on the 30th of April, 2013. The coronation of the new Dutch king, Willem Alexander. On April 30, he becomes king. His eldest daughter, Katharina Amalia, will become the first in line to succeed him. Also in celebration of the Netherlands Queen Beatrix handing over the throne to her eldest son, Dutch ham radio operator Jaap von Doon, PA7DA, will take to the airwaves using the special call sign PB33Q between April the 20th and May the 1st. QSL PB33Q only via the Bureau. I made mention earlier of the International Museums Weekend. 
In 2013, this event will take place on the double weekends of the 15th and 16th and the 22nd and 23rd of June. Radio amateurs are encouraged to participate by setting up stations in their local museums. Organiser Harry, M1BYT, asked that all those intending to take part in the event should register their museum via the work form on the website ukradioamateur.co.uk. Broadcast, monitoring SWL and scanner news. A new schedule with reduced shortwave transmissions began on BBC World Service on April 1. Shortwave and mediumwave transmissions in English will be reduced to a minimum of 6,000 total each day. Steve Titterington, Senior Commissioning Editor for BBC World Service, said, We know that increasing numbers of people are accessing World Service on FM, online and television. For those who can't access these platforms, we've tried to ensure that they will continue to hear the best the World Service has to offer at the times of the day when they are most likely to tune in. For VK1 WIA National News, I'm Felix VK4FUQ Inningham. From VK1 WIA, this is the National News Service. Tune in today, focus on tomorrow. Good morning, this is Robert, VK3DN, with this week's Worldwide Special Interest Group News. Worldwide Special Interest Groups Digital. Digital data transmitted over normal commercial voice shortwave transmitters. VOA Radiogram is a Voice of America program experimenting with digital text and images via shortwave broadcasting. A number of tests have been conducted during this past month using VOA, the mighty KBC and WRMI transmitters. With more, here's Peter, VK3RV. I have been playing around with PSK and one or two other digital modes for about three years. VOA Radiogram is a Voice of America program experimenting with digital text and images via shortwave broadcasting. A number of tests have been conducted during the past month using VOA, the mighty KBC, and WRMI transmitters. I was told of the experiments and initially monitored the VOA frequencies without success. Then I learnt that WRMI was also involved. Now, WRMI operates on 9955 kHz and was transmitting at a time when there was just some chance of receiving the signal here in Melbourne. Data was heard on the 24th of March, just before the 0700 UTC station identification time, and information was successfully decoded using FLDigi software at about 0800 UTC transmission identification time. The modes used at that stage were PSK125R and PSK250R, both of which were decoded with some difficulty due to low signal level and QRNLE. In fact, the signal was so weak that at times the voice modulation was almost unreadable. And here is a sample of the signals received. In another test conducted, but not audible here in Australia, Olivia data was sent under a vocal recording, that is, simultaneously. This test was directed to the USA from Europe and was considered a success. Part of the promotion for the test read, and I quote, Olivia is a robust digital text mode. It can overcome all types of noise. But can Olivia 8-1000, reduced by 24 dB, be decoded under the amazing voice of country singer Susie Bogus? 
We will find out on the 24th of March 2013 at about 1.30 UTC. And this will be during the mighty KBC broadcast in North America on 7375 kHz. And at just before 0200 UTC, MT63-1000 format will be centred on 1500Hz and an MFSK32 image centred on 2500Hz, unquote. It's a pity that the mighty KBC is not audible here. As I mentioned, the Olivia tests were amazingly successful. Now, you may recall that a few weeks ago, WIA News reported the jamming by China of BBC, VOA and Radio Australia's English language broadcasts. The recent commencement of these tests may be purely coincidental, but it is interesting times we live in with the restriction of international internet communications in some countries the closure of so many international broadcasters and the continual jamming of others. So are we about to see another mode of direct international broadcasting on the shortwave bands in an attempt to get information into some of these countries? For further information about the tests, use your search engine to find VOA radiogram, and I would be interested to hear from any other VK amateurs who succeeded in getting any decodes from these tests. I can be contacted at vk3rv at wia.org.au. In special interest group news, it's from Peter to the West and Radio Old Timers News. Hello everyone, this is Clive, VK6 Charlie Sierra Whiskey, with a reminder that due to the first Monday of this month being the Easter holiday, the Radio Amateurs Old Timers Club of Australia's regular monthly bulletin of news and information has been held over until tomorrow, Monday, April the 8th. As usual, tomorrow's RAOTC April Bulletin will be broadcast on a number of VHF and HF frequencies at different times, depending on your local area. The principal HF transmissions will be on 20 metres on 14.150 MHz upper sideband at 0100 UTC, beamed north from Melbourne for the eastern states, and again at 0200 UTC, beamed westward for Western Australia. Also at 0200 UTC, Barry VK6 Whiskey Foxtrot will be transmitting on 40 metres on 7060 kHz lower sideband for West Australian and South Australian country listeners. To find the times and frequencies for your area, please visit the RAOTC website at www.raotc.org.au Once again, that's www.raotc.org.au Everyone, RAOTC members and non-members alike, is invited to listen to this interesting half-hour of old-timer news, information and anecdotes and to participate in the callbacks afterwards. So once again, the RAOTC monthly bulletin for April is scheduled for tomorrow, Monday, April the 8th. 7-3 from Clive, VK6CSW. Thanks, Clive. In Rescue Radio comes a reminder from Jim Linton. The Global Set is to be held soon. The Global Simulated Emergency Test has more than 100 stations listed so far representing the International Amateur Radio Union Member Society and Emergency Communication Groups. 
The IIRU Region 1 Emergency Communications Coordinator, Greg Mossop, G0DUB, and organiser of Global Set, tells us that will be held on the 13th and 20th of April. This event is different than previous ones as messages will be passed in both directions. On the first day they'll be sent to the regional headquarters stations and the following week they'll fly back to the participating stations. The training exercise aims to increase the common interest in disaster preparedness, test the centre of activity frequencies for emergencies, create practices for international emergency communication and relaying of messages using all modes. More information about GlobalSet can be found on the IARU Region 1 website. And closer to home and VK3 Wyson. On Sunday, April the 14th, it's the Wombat 100 bike ride at Woodend. That's the Wombat State Forest. If you can help with that one, contact John Weir, VK3XD. And on Friday, April the 19th, it's the Oxfam Trailwalker at Wheelers Hill to Westburn. Contact Ian Morris, VK3IFM. And on Saturday, May the 4th, East Gippsland stages Bairnsdale. For this one, contact Colin Pomroy, VK3BLE. Well, that's it for this week. That's all I have for you. This has been Robert, VK3DN, reporting from Melbourne. Well, here we are already at the end of the WIA National News Service for another week. On the social scene, April 18 is IARU's World Amateur Radio Day. And in May, May 3 to 5 in VK4, it's the Clearview Amateur Radio Weekend. May 11, in VK6, 4 and 3, Big Hamfest taking place. Barkfest at Mount Gravatt Showgrounds at 9.30am. Moorabbin District Radio Club Hamfest. And also the Hills Amateur Radio Group's Hargfest at 1pm. Till next we meet, I'm Graham VK4BB. Thanks for listening and walk softly. In the nation's capital, with amateur radio news from across the globe, this has been the WIA National News Service. Local news and callbacks follow on most affiliates. We'd appreciate you checking in. VK1WIA. We've reported. You decide.